Hello and welcome to the King Hero IndyCar Podcast with Kirby and Justin. Kirby, how are you? Doing well, Justin. How about yourself? I am okay. Lots of traveling, wearing me down, but I'm not out. Well, just look in the mirror. Nobody to blame but yourself. Mm, that's true. Kirby, uh, yeah. not that our fans would notice, but we've been a bit long-winded as of late. Uh, can we keep this concise and to the point? Well, we'll try, just like we always do. Curb, uh, let's just hop right in. I'm going to start kind of maybe where you wouldn't expect me to start. With Formula One? No, I'm not going to talk about Formula One. I have no Formula One topics today. Good, because I'm boycotting them. Although, now that you've mentioned it, the Daniel Ricciardo statements and how that kind of ties into the whole McLaren-Palau situation is interesting to me. I haven't seen any statements. He went out and basically said, I've got a contract, I've got a contract through uh, 2023. I'm fully intending to be, you know, driving with McLaren in 2023. Looking forward to the season. Like making it like this emphatic statement about it, because I guess, you know, there's a lot of whispers like, you know, he's out of here, but he's got a contract through 23. So Zach Brown has just, uh, it's just a hot mess going on. Maybe he likes it this way. I don't know. But he's got the whole plow stuff. He's got this thing with Ricardo, who, you know, clearly is feels like he needs to make a statement like that to kind of remind Zach that he's got a contract through 23. I think that Zach is uh, previously on record as saying there are mechanisms. Right. I mean, he's right. stirring the pot by saying things like that. So you got it, it's just weirdness. You, you got to feel like Zach Brown kind of likes all this, like this is entertainment for him. He just and then you think about like this thing he did with Herta on the F1 test. It's really interesting because it's well put out there that Chip Ganassi hates Zach Brown, right? Mm-hmm. And Zach Brown's good friends with uh, Andretti, Michael Andretti. So it looks like you got like this Michael Andretti, Zach Brown group versus, you know, Chip Ganassi, Penske type of group. I mean, I'm sure Penske's staying above the fray, you know, but you just right. kind of get the impression <laughs> that that's, that's all kind of out there. I've never heard of any. Negativity between Penske and um, and Zach Brown, but Brown did just poach his top engineer, one of his top engineers. That's and it's right. not only it's not only the driver market where, uh, where Brown's stirring things up. He's going after the top talent at all levels of uh, the Indy yeah. Car paddock. And then you got Rosenquist in the mix, and yeah, I, and like I said, you know, Penske's never going to lower himself to get in any kind of dispute with anybody. Uh, he's he's becoming the the bad boy owner of uh, Indy Car, that's for sure. He's not uh, he's not playing the games. Maybe he can uh, be the subject of the first episode of Drive to Survive on the Cheap or something like that. Drive, drive to Survive for Less. Which, for Less, you know, yeah. Yeah, which, you know, obviously this year would have been a great year for that, right? Right. Um, but another missed opportunity. Um, Kirkwood. A the new, The new wreck king of IndyCar. Um, yeah, just what uh, Andretti needs on their team next year. <laughs> That's exactly my thoughts. I was like... <laughs> It's like they they got out of the gate early and, you know, signed him up and he's coming next year. And Andretti's got nothing but problems on the driver's front. And they're bringing in a guy that can't seem to finish a race without putting it in the wall. Seemed to start off fairly strong and um, it just seems to be having more and more difficulties as it goes on. It's going to be a bizarre team next year, Andretti. You've got uh, Kirkwood, Grosjean, Herta with a question mark or asterisk, mm-hmm. right? unless he goes to Formula One. And then uh, and now the rumor is uh, Francesco is basically out. Right. So 
it, so they might need a little bit of experience on the team to calm things down. <laughs> Where, who are they going to go to? Ryan Hunter Ray. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, no, Ryan know. Hunter Ray is was been contracted by Ganassi. Well, I know he is this year. I don't know. If he yeah. Is next well, year. and now it's pretty clear why maybe Ganassi did that. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, now, now that comes a little more clear because I always my eyebrow was kind of raised. It's like, why do we do that? COVID, um, man, COVID. You gotta be, you gotta be ready and have the best of you. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it was. Uh, if COVID is code word for Palau, then you're right. Um, <laughs> but how good sticking with Andretti and kind of the mess they are. I mean, how amazing is it that Grosjean was far and away their best driver at the Iowa, you know, less than a mile oval. Uh, exactly, and and two days, two days in a row. And Rossi was like awful. Mr. Invisible. But, you know, if you, if you remember, Hunter Ray used to be one of the top dogs at that track, right? I mean, in his years with uh, Andretti. Yeah, that's and, true. Uh, it's, uh, it is a, a really interesting year on the, you know, just the, the whole team dynamic front. Poor Foyt team is bearing the brunt of uh, Kirkwood's, you know, constant wrecking. Maybe he'll get it all out of the system by the time he goes to Andretti, but add to, add to that that they've lost their sponsor, and so I know crash, just, all this crash damage is going right out of their pockets. Yeah, it's just ugh. crib. Let's talk about Iowa a little bit, if you don't mind. All right, let's do it. You, you did mention Grosjean, I think was surprisingly good. I thought Eilat was also surprisingly good, right? Uh, at that track, I mean, that's that was a pretty amazing performance uh, from from that team and from that driver overall. I would say. Well, I mean, a lot of the rookies besides Kirkwood did well. Lungard was 10th on Saturday, had brake failure on Sunday, so out for, you know, not his fault. But um, and then Lucas uh, was strong both days. And uh, and DeFrancesco, I think, had his best results of the season. And, you know, if there's a track for somebody to get in somebody else's way, it'd be Iowa. And he seemingly kept his nose clean and uh, didn't negatively affect anybody else's races for a change. Quite an improvement compared to Texas. Uh, Malukas, uh, as you predicted early in the year, Curb, uh, Malukas is turning into a bit of a shining star. Yeah. Bylot as well. Um, and with all this craziness going on on the driver front, uh, one of those guys might luck into something. I'm starting to see and hear chatter like that uh, in you know, various outlets. Curb, um, you and I, um, switching gears a little bit, you and I uh, both lamented two day races in the intense heat. Um and certainly right. on the first day, it was intense heat. And I, I think I went as far as saying, you know, what moron came up with that idea. However, I think, I, we, I, I think we accurately blamed it on NBC. NBC, yeah. I mean, I, and however, uh, you couldn't help but being overwhelmed by uh, what Hyvie did at that track. I mean, that track was left for dead, literally, clearly. And I was shocked, you know, not only like, you know how, what an amazing event they put on, but also the um, actually the amount of physical work they did to get that track just so they could race on it. You know the place had been moribund for two years or plus, and I think uh, you know they basically had to resurrect the thing. What an amazing uh, thing that they did there! I mean, really, um, and the, the stands were packed. Yeah, both both uh, High V and um, IndyCar and Roger Petke's group, I think, yeah. The comment was made that Penske's uh, painting crews were there for two months or something, you know, and um, I'm not sure which articles you've read, but uh, I read one today where Penske's planning on uh, paving sections of the of the facility next year that are currently gravel, if they can get permission to do so. And it it just kind of makes you wonder what kind of arrangement they have. With NASCAR. With, with NASCAR. Who owns the track. Yeah. Right. 
can't you see just NASCAR pulling the rug out from under them at some point down the road? Sure. You know, yeah, great. You built that wonderful event. Oh, sorry, you can't hold it there anymore. Um, oh yeah, we're diversifying. We're, we're, we're diversifying our schedule again. We're we going back for the uh, high V three hundred and fifty NASCAR race. Well, I have great hope for that event, and I'll tell you why. Um, because uh, Randy Etiker, the CEO of uh, High V, stated mm-hmm. that um, he doesn't care about ROI, and I think that makes him a perfect fit for IndyCar. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a match made in heaven. I, I have to admit that I I cringed a few times when um, all these people would gush about the event and how all the other promoters need to take a look at this and see this is how it's done, right? I mean, you got Long Beach, you got you know Bomberito uh, Automotive Group at St. Louis was the revelation a few years ago, right? Everybody needed to do it the way Bomberito does it. Mm-hmm. Last year Nashville comes in and puts in a great effort. Oh, forget Bomarito. Everybody needs to do what they're doing in Nashville. Now, you all, you know, you all pale in comparison to the high V folks here. Y'all need to do the way high V does. I mean, there, there's, there are a handful of rock solid promotions out there and, and rock solid events. And, and uh, I, I hate to see them, you know, seemingly belittled relative to the, the latest shiny uh, event that comes out. Well, and, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I guess where I would be on that is like, obviously, my guess is a lot of those promoters or those events were in attendance at Iowa, right? And sure. you pick up, and I'm sure they they pilfered a few good ideas and picked up a few things. I don't think it hurts, you know. It definitely doesn't. No, hurt. no, all, all that's great. I mean, I'm sure they are. They're all, hopefully they're all sharing ideas with each other all the time, right? But when you got prominent people in the IndyCar world, you know, gushing about this and saying, "Oh, all you other guys need to take notes," you know, I mean, it's like your your statement that you started out this this uh, subject with is he didn't care about ROI. IndyCar promoted the Retur- by the way that's return on investments and you know IndyCar didn't collect a sanctioning fee because they promoted the race themselves you know they're the race promoter so you had an unusual you know confluence of events exactly thank you uh here where nobody seemed to care if they made any money right I mean it's a it was a great event I question whether anybody made any money and it's great that IV didn't care. Not everybody can put on events and not worry about making money. Good on them. Hopefully they can continue doing it in a similar fashion going forward. Hopefully people can learn from it. But to expect people to put on events without worrying about the bottom line, which is the way it appears on this one, is not realistic. Too early to talk about curb, but for next year, is it necessary that it's a double header? Uh, do you think? Uh, I'm going to say yes, um, just because. New Garden needs the points. Exactly. I mean, that's <laughs> that's his ticket to the the championship, right? Um, <laughs> right. It, it makes the event unique, I think, and um, yeah, I think it's part of its calling card. Yeah, I find the second race a bit anticlimactic. Did you have the same feeling? Uh, I mean, there was less, you know, less accidents, less yellows, that type of thing. So it was a little more straightforward, and I don't think it was anticlimactic just because it was the second day. I just think it's just the way the the race turned out. Well, that's where I think if they did one race in the day, one race at night, it'd be even more interesting because, you know, it'd be almost like a different track then, right? And uh, that that might make things more interesting. <laughs> but, yeah, a night race at that track is always pretty spectacular, I think. Curb, um, I running out of things to talk about. So Well, you, you, you can't talk about Iowa without talking about Jimmy Johnson, can you? Go ahead. What do you got to say? 
<laughs> I'm just saying. No, <laughs> nobody can talk about it without talking about Jimmy Johnson. So I guess. Okay, we noted. We just start. did. But uh, but uh, he uh, had a great weekend. Good for Jimmy Johnson. I think that's enough. Thank you. I, it's just announced today that uh, Ganassi is now suing Alex Pillow. Um, at the same time, fully supporting him for the bounce of the season. While cutting him off from data outside the office, outside Correct. the shop. Right. So I'll be honest with you, Curb. I, if you, you would have, if you had put my back to the wall, I would have said uh, Pelot's going to be driving at uh, CGR next year in IndyCar. Um, well, now, and 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 many people are saying that's not the case. And now I'm, I think I'm going to have to go with the other people and say that's probably not going to be the case. Chip Ganassi told AP this afternoon. He expects Alex Pelot to be in his car the rest of this year and next year. Well, and I still think that's the thing that makes the most sense. And and I'm I but Chip could just be saying that because he wants Zach Brown to write him a big fat check. Well, you're you're going to court. You're suing to to um, enforce your contract, right? Mm-hmm. So how if how can you go into court and say I want to enforce my contract? I want him to be my driver next year and be out in the press saying, uh, you know. Yeah, we're looking at other drivers next year because it's just we're not going to get along. We don't want to, you know, race together under these circumstances. I think a judge or a jury or whoever's going to be deciding this case in court is going to look at your public statements. If they aren't consistent with what you're saying in the courtroom, then you know your position's kind of lost, isn't it? So would your would your advice to Alex, if he were to ask you, is like, you know what? Here's what you do. You go to court and say, you know what? Chip's right. I'm going to drive for him next year, and he can enforce the contract. Then you go to Zach and say, hey, uh, I got to wait a year. All right. You know, I'll make it worth your while, but I got to wait a year. Is that is that what you would counsel uh, Mr. Uh, Young Palau now? None of us have seen the contract, but it seems like Ganassi is probably correct that he's got the contract on his side. If uh, if he didn't, if McLaren and Zach Brown thought they had a, a strong position, then I think they'd be a lot more vocal. You know, assuming that that's the case, it would probably be the wise thing to do. That would really screw Chip up because he'd have to give him a ride. He wouldn't get any money from Zach. And yeah, he's, uh, he's got a, he's got a talented driver for a year. And, and, Zach, might say, and Zach might say, OK, Alex, go ahead and do that. But, uh, you know, sandbag him for me. Wink, wink. <laughs> right. I mean, these are all take take, take lots laugh, of good notes. These things are possible. <laughs> take take lots of good notes. next year. <laughs> yeah, take lots of good notes and, you know, stuff it in the wall every once in a while. I think it's probably true that Ganassi would rather part ways at this point, the way things have gone down, but he yeah, can't publicly say that. It's just got to be untenable, right? It, it right, just, but, but, but publicly, you've got to... Yeah, you got to say I want him there. Yeah, of right. course. Uh, boy, isn't Jenna Fryer going around strutting her stuff now? <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's it's just like, you know... Boy, she she's, she's very happy. Very happy with her scoop and connection. Boy, isn't she proud of herself. Oh, God. That's what they do in the media. No, that's what they do in the IndyCar media because it's such <laughs> a pathetic group. Curb, I just want to make a point that, uh, you know, that we do seem to be hitting our stride with our picks, doing pretty well. Um, I, once again, for the fourth week in a row, have made money betting. Did you take your own advice and wait till after qualifying to place your bets? I did, and uh, but I still put money on New Garden for the. I did not bet on the second race because I felt like I, I didn't feel like I could get any advantage there by betting on that race. But I did bet on the first race, and I, I did have a pretty large bet on New Garden, 
and smaller bets on other people. And um, even though New Garden was at lower odds, I somehow managed to make it work. With that in mind, uh, shall we move into the picks for the upcoming? And I got to tell you, Curb, for me, the least anticipated race of the year this weekend, uh, the Gallagher Grand Prix. You know, and people were talking about like who Penske might put in the seat uh, if uh, New Garden, after his apparent. I, I'm going to call it a concussion. I don't think you faint from anything else. May or Could may have been dehydration or something like that. But. Okay, uh, maybe. But if he can't race, and I'll actually be quite surprised if he does, but uh, if he can't race, and they've now chosen Ferrucci, which was an interesting choice, uh, I thought being the Gallagher Grand Prix, you know, bouncy Max Chilton would have been a good call. I don't know if he'd be a good call. Uh, but he might be, um, he's, and he wasn't bad at that track, if I recall. I think his record at that track's okay. Yeah, but he's not been in a car all week. He's probably out of the country. Um, Ferrucci's going to be here anyway for the Infinity Race. Um, Curb, his dad is sponsoring the race. I bet you he won't be there. <laughs> I say you throw the sponsors a bone. Let his kid drive. I don't think that's the Penske way. Well, it's not the pesky way, and let's let's face it, Kerb. You're we're we're fight we're we're picking on your biases. You don't like Danny Ricks, and you don't like Bouncy Max Chilton. Are you saying that you don't think Newgarden will race this weekend? Nope, I don't think he will. Okay. I mean, I look. Who knows? Uh, so I mean, I wouldn't like bet my life on it. That's for sure. But I just think that's a you know, I'm making two assumptions here, or one assumption, I guess. So the assumption I'm making is that he fainted because he had an impact with the wall. Right. And if he fainted because he had impact with the wall, uh, I got to tell you, I mean, let's put it this way. If he was playing youth football, there's no way he's out on the field on, on Saturday. I'm going to be devil's advocate here and say the only thing he's done wrong is faint. He's passed every test they've given him, every medical test they've given him. Well, um, so, so his big one's tomorrow, though. The big one's tomorrow. I'm just saying that what medical testing can give him tomorrow that that uh, he hasn't already passed. You're probably right, Curb. I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and argue tooth and nail about it because you're probably right. But I just intuitively, I say, if you faint because of an impact, you cannot be driving a car on Saturday or shouldn't be. You know, there there's the other side of this, too, where he might pass every test and somebody might pull him aside and say, look, you've got a long career ahead of you. This, you know, being in this one stupid race isn't worth it. Uh, here's my cell phone. Give uh, Oliver Askew a call. Exactly. Give Oliver Askew a call. I'm sure he uh, he had to pass all the tests, did he not? Seems seemed like it, yeah. Yeah, of course. So, look, if I was his father, I'd say no way you're racing on on Saturday. I forbid it. You you might have to invoke his wife and not his father this time, but yeah. And and the same time, the same token. If I'm uh, Joseph Newgarden at his age, you know, and I'm in the situation he's in, I'm like, screw that, I'm racing. Because I, I I would have been that young and stupid. It's 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 a tough one for that. But I I would uh, you know if he's listening, my counsel is to not race. There it As is, a, Joseph, coming from a place of sincere concern. Yeah, and a man with seven concussions in his history. You? Yeah, I've had a hard life curve. Explains a lot. <laughs> it does. It does. All right. Well, I think you're up first this week. All right, curb. I feel particularly motivated to win this contest with you <laughs> Right. this time around. So my big middle finger to you is Colton Herta. All right. Uh, you can have him. I'm going to go with uh, Will Power again. All right. I'll take Joseph Newgarden. That's my other fi- the other hand, other middle finger to you. New, new go slash. Uh, I'll go with Dixon. 
Mr. Uh, sneakily on the rise. As soon as we start talking about how he's lost it, he immediately starts, you know, he's, the, what, third now in the championship? Tied for third, yeah. It's insane. My last uh, of the top six is my last pick, is it not? That would be true. It's kind of a hard one. You know who came in second in the GMR Grand Prix this year, Kerm? Um, willpower? Simon Pashino. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. You might you might recall there was a monsoon. Uh, I'm going to take Palau, and given all his distractions, I'm not so sure he's going to be great, but I'm going to still take him, I think. I'm going to go with Erickson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was amongst the group that I was looking at, that's for sure. Should be an interesting race this weekend. I'm uh, going to try again. So. Let's hope so. Is this going to rain? I don't think so. Um, well, okay. Well, <laughs> what did you say? It was a uh, chamber of com- it was going to be a chamber of commerce day for the race, uh, and then it turned into a monsoon. Dude, uh, I st- I stopped on my way to the track to buy sunscreen. That's how nice it was when I left my house for the race. I know. I know. So so uh, curb the weatherman is not to be relied on. Uh, just for for those of you who are going to either leave the rain jacket at home or bring it, uh, you know, just whatever, you, you know, I wouldn't, I, although Shortly. if I recall, who was the, uh, who was the weatherman in our youth? Is it Swoop McLean? Swoop McLean, yeah. Where he, because he swooped the clouds down or something like that. Yeah, very, you know, use some, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, theatrical flair in his, um, Crypt, did he, didn't he come and visit us at St. Pius X Elementary School? I believe so. Uh, his uh, kids sent his kids to Bishop Chittard High School. And um, after leaving the television world, uh, spent the rest of his days uh, working at Chittard. Was an announcer for the baseball games and such. Oh, you're kidding. I didn't know yeah. any of that. Yeah. Swoop McLean. Very, very nice fellow. I just remember, I, I, I mean... Curb, I'm old, and I remember him showing up at St. Pius X. How weird is that? Well, he wow. obviously made, he obviously made an impression. He did Swoop McLean? Wow. Uh, weather even, forecast. I, I for can't Saturday. even remember the name of my employees, but I remember freaking Swoop McLean. Uh, weather forecast for Saturday without any swoop is uh, partly sunny, a high of 80 degrees. Well, maybe you should ring Swoop and uh, see what his uh, his prognostication is for the race. All right, Curb. Well, I'm looking forward to getting your man on the ground uh, view of it. Copious notes. All right. All right. On that note, uh, at Hero IndyCar, at H-I-R-O IndyCar, for God's sake, follow us. All right, Curb. Enough, enough self-promotion there. That's In fact, that's way too much for us, but we'll, <laughs> we'll stop it there. Stop it, there. Stop it there. Wish you all a great rest of the week and enjoy the uh, the Grand Prix and the exactly. uh, the Brickyard weekend. Oh, that's right. There's the NASCAR race too. Two of them: Infinity on Saturday and Cup on Sunday. Are you six going? hours, six hours from the Brickyard on Saturday afternoon. Are you going to the Cup race on Sunday? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that just sounds like a horrible. I, 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 I won't be staying or, for the Infinity Race either. <laughs> no, I'm debating maybe getting there a bit early on Saturday morning to catch some NASCAR practice or something. But some, you know, sometimes, like the the Grand Prix in in May, you know, you think about going early to watch maybe the the Indy Lights or something uh, before the the main event. Yeah. But there's like a two hour gap between yeah. the races. Yeah. Like, it's, your time's worth more than that. I, I'm sure they have the reasons for doing it that way, but I just don't. Well, they but, they hadn't seen how High V did it. Right, exactly.
You know, you know what else Ivy did? I thought was good. <clears throat> they had the winners stop there at the start finish line, right in front of the crowd, so the whole crowd could see them, which I thought was nice. Instead of yeah. like going behind the pits and doing it in front of a little cardboard stand that says IndyCar on it or something, you know. Kirby, if you retire, you should you should put yourself in charge of post race ceremonies because mm-hmm. you, you pay particular attention to those. Yeah, it matters, doesn't it? I mean, come on. Well, I mean, it certainly matters to you. <laughs> it certainly matters to you. All right. On that, right. we got to go. We're out of here. All right. Bye.